Final Boy Status is a podcast about scary movies and the stuff that happens in them. The entire horror genre is generally frightening and disturbing. So if you're a kid, be sure to ask your parents if it's okay for you to listen. Or don't. You'd probably be cooler if you didn't ask for their permission. But then again, I won't tell you how to live your life. Also, we will be discussing spoilers during this podcast, so don't say we didn't warn you. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Final Boy Status. I will be your host for this episode, Lanson. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was like, he's doing something in the background. Gotta let him go. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just like, ah, let the guy do. Let him work. Let him work. My F was pretty screwed up, so don't pay attention to that. Pretty effed up. We just we just taped the the review. That's yeah. all. That's all up on our YouTube page. Yeah. Check it out. Also with this episode. Heck yeah. So there's weird energy in here tonight, and I'm I'm a fan. So uh, because this episode is longer <laughs> and more indulgent, yeah. we might we might get weird. Succulent. I'm kind of excited. It's it's a succulent episode. Oh god, it's oh. so good. <laughs> As always, I am joined by two esteemed gentlemen. Did you introduce yourself? Yeah, I did. Oh, good. I'm Lanson, in case I didn't. Which I'm Y'all sure. know who he is. <laughs> you know who I am. I don't need, to, I don't need look, to introduce myself. Look him in the eye. Look him in the eye and tell him right now that you know who he is. <laughs> but these land monkeys, I need... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I um, identify as a land mine. Oh, land... land are, are you okay with land monkey? Okay, mm-hmm. land monkey, land mine. My bad. There we go. Boom. But we got Adam Bone right here. The coolest, the the... I, I couldn't think of anything. You really let that ride, Adam. You could, <laughs> you could have intervened at any point in time. You just let I just that let it go. Let it I'm okay. Let's see what the kid has to say. Oh, it's nothing. Never nothing. mind. You have to figure something out. <laughs> you have to do it. Anyway, and we have Luke Howder. It's me, at Luke Howder on Twitter. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> at Luke Howder on Twitter, but in real life. Hold on. I'm a, I'm, I mean, not for you. This is virtual for you. Anyway, we're getting right back to the episode. <laughs> Get that train back on the tracks over here. So, if this is your first time watching, or you haven't seen it in a while, at Final Boy Status, we do pretty much the age-old, what everybody does when they're watching a horror movie. We try to see how survivable it is. We also try to like see if you know certain choices by certain characters, you're like, ah, oh, they should have done this, or they should have done that. We talk about that, and just have a good time. Yeah. So... This episode, pretty psyched. It's pretty cool. Uh, this is the first episode where we're actually reviewing a movie that's still in theaters, which is dope. And we are reviewing and talking about the uh, the great sequel to the 2018 classic, A Quiet Place Part 2. So, heck yeah. That's <laughs> it. And that's the podcast. <laughs> Boy, flavor flavor. That's the podcast. Good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we just like to oh, announce things. We, like, we really said everything, I think, in this. We yeah, really yeah. encompassed all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, kind of at the beginning, we like to, to rate it. Um, we'll start for, on a scale from 0 to 13, one being on just the overall quality of the movie, as well as spookiness since this is a horror movie podcast also out of 13 so we'll start on down the line and just give our thoughts yeah so this movie uh i'm glad because there's uh, we say this every time but spoiler alert the episode that we have on youtube that's only like 12 minutes is gonna be the spoiler free review yep. but just jumping into it uh just to kind of echo what i said in that is the first little bit totally grabbed me i loved this the first part of this movie the prequel part as well as leading into the stuff because um yeah the trailer pretty much showed just the first 20 whatever minutes of it uh it was a long trailer yeah it was a long trailer showed the the uh prequel part and then also showed 
them walking through her tripping that little string thing, the the bottles. But then one thing it didn't show in the trailer is the kid got wrecked by a bear trap. Oh, oh my gosh. And at that point, I was like, holy crap, that's <gasps> crazy. And from that, I, I think from the beginning to that moment, I was like super into it and I loved it. And the rest of the movie was really good too. I liked um we talked about Killian Murphy. Yep. His character yeah. was really interesting. He had a cool arc, albeit a little quick, uh, kind of changing his mind on a couple things, in my sure. opinion. But it was still a very interesting character with interesting motivation. Uh, the daughter, whose name is... I forgot. I don't remember what her name is in the movie. In real life, the actress's name is Millicent Simmons. Millicent Simmons. Which, you know, she we're, we're, we we all hail from the same great state, of course, great state of Utah. And she, Utah. she's from there originally. I doubt she lives here anymore because she's like yeah. famous she, now. She's famous, yeah. yeah. She's Why would she come back Utah here? She, she's still <laughs> living in Nodge Town. She, she lives next door to us. <laughs> hey, Why are we up? lying? <laughs> she was great. I think her Maybe. character had really awesome motivation really good cathartic moments when uh in things about her father and um kind of dealing with that stuff was awesome um i really liked this movie i think uh it was for me um very intense and there were scenes that were equal in intensity to a lot of scenes in the first movie i think those scenes maybe have been fewer or whatever but i i don't know i i i I, I think there were moments that I was just as as uh, glued to the edge of my seat, wondering what was going to happen. Um, I have a couple things that I would say are negatives. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I noticed that I think worked in some areas of the movie, but just was something I kept noticing, and not that it super bothered me, but but it did take me out of the movie a little bit, was some editing choices. One uh, being that it, it did the thing a lot of movies do where there's a scene, a character's doing something, there's some intensity in the scene. That intensity is brought into cutting to another scene where a character's doing something where it's kind mm -hmm. of intense, they're doing something. So I'll give an example. The kid is uh, with the baby and they're locked in the thing and they're losing air and then it cuts oh. to the mom who's walking to, to find the creature in the warehouse cutting to Millicent Simmons doing something on the other end. So there was a lot of that cutting, but to me it was really fast and really short edits of each scene to the point it really kind of took me out where I'm like, okay, let's just let's just stick to this, sure. see what's going to happen here, then we can go to the next thing. And I don't, yeah. I don't think that... that style of editing is bad uh but it was a little overused in this movie i i in my opinion and usually i'm not a snob when it comes to like editing and stuff but it, it was something i noticed where I, I wish they took a longer time like they did with the first movie where they let characters kind of have the moment where the creature's right there and they're kind of freaking out and doesn't just keep doing this cutting between the people um but that's a little i i think it only took me out of the movie maybe twice uh for a second but so the rest of it was really good. I enjoyed the ending a lot. I was told that the ending was really abrupt and that there were some mixed feelings about it. So I was kind of expecting that. Um, but with that expectation in mind, I really liked where it ended. It just they did what they were meaning to do. It didn't fix everything. There was no reunion. So there's mm -hmm. still kind of that unsurety, I guess, a tease for the next movie that comes out. But uh, I thought it was a good ending. So I'm going to give it a 10 out of 13 to match my original uh, score it was really good there are things that uh, bugged me a little bit but all in all i think it, it matched the the quality of the first movie Very oh nice. yeah and for spoopiness what would you spoopiness, say spoopiness yeah um i think i think this movie this is going to be that point where I have to remember what I gave the first movie. That's exactly <laughs> that's what I'm now doing inside my own head. Is I'm like, oh crap, what did I say about uh, the first movie? Consistency in this episode might be all over the place. I, I remember the quality. Um, I'll, I'll just give it. Pretend like I didn't even. I don't remember what I gave the first movie, but um, just independently, it was really uh, intense. And to me, intensity and spoopiness, or you know, uh, fear are pretty in the same hand. I don't see a whole lot of... Uh, there's a lot of gray area there, I think. Uh, I think this intensity, like I said, to me in many scenes matched the intensity of the first movie, but I think it was less of the movie that it was happening. Uh, and 
So I would give it uh, out of 13 for spoopiness, I would give it a solid 7.5. Nice. Uh, I think it was really effective in many scenes. There was some definite scariness, definite fear. One thing I didn't mention with this movie that kind of adds to the spoopiness for me is the first movie really established that the that these movies aren't scared of just killing people, especially oh, people yeah. that are very integral to the story. Yeah. People who could be the main characters. Yeah. And so in every scene I I was left thinking like they could do it in this scene. I could see them killing this kid and them figuring out a way to find some catharsis at the end with it and and they could do it. So I feel like a lot of fear was in that I didn't know and anybody was susceptible to these monsters. So that was really fun, and, and that added it to it to me. So 7.5. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, so this one, I really enjoyed it um, just as much as the first one. Uh, I think my only thing that's a drawback is, um, and again, this isn't about the quality of the movie, but rather just like my expectations. Um, because there is more dialogue and more speaking and more interaction interaction in that way between characters, I felt like that kind of lowered the intensity you know and i felt like there were a lot more jump scares in this one than there were in the first one which i'm like you know a good jump scare is is good every now and again but there are there are a couple more than for my taste personally so um that is one critique of the movie um otherwise i mean you know it's it's very well made um the the writing is great i mean the cast is awesome um I thought it was just a great continuation of the story. It was really cool to see, um, you know, in the first one, you kind of have that family union unit where everybody's living together and in one place. It was cool to see people branch off due to necessity and due to circumstances and, and to kind of see different characters interact with each other in different ways. Um, so, yeah, uh, to to keep in mind the first one, for overall quality, I am going to give this a 10 just because it was you know not a it wasn't bad or wasn't poorly made it just didn't match the expectation that i thought well 10 and, out of 13 that's still pretty fetching i know good. it's still pretty <laughs> yeah, good yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know right in context like all of our ratings are going to be pretty high yeah yeah, yeah for it's sure very good movie you know so um as far as spoopiness um i felt like the intensity was a little less in this one i felt like it was a little little watered down for me personally so i will i'll give this a seven out of 13 for spookiness so that is that is my opinion kaboom uh yeah I, both you gentlemen have made amazing points i'm trying to think of something unique to say that you guys haven't brought up <laughs> um you know what one thing i will say about the movie that adam kind of started to touch on um I liked that this movie was way more brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's still PG-13, yeah. still very much has to live in that realm. Um, but, yeah, like, he steps in the bear trap, like, mm -hmm. at the beginning when the cop just gets, like, mauled and the kids yeah. are, like, right there. Yeah. Um, the entire scene with Killian Murphy on the dock. Oh, those geez, guys yeah. just getting wrecked, wrecked. left and right. And, and straight slashed. up, like... And what Killian Mur and the fact that Killian Murphy straight up like murders that dude yeah. with like <laughs> Scoop McNary, by the way, Scoop McNary, like I know, right? Yeah, not an actor everybody would recognize, but yeah. I was like, is that Scoop hey McNary? <laughs> he looks like he's sunburned, and grew a beard, but that looks like him. Pretty sure that's yeah, pretty sure it's that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Killian Murphy wrecks his shit, and yeah. it's like it's brutal. There's a really cool homage to like the Steven Spielberg blood in the water thing yeah. during that scene. But I really, I really liked that they ramped it up, and they were yeah, like, right. "That was nice." Because um, yeah, the first movie was like, obviously, we see the monsters take out two people. John Krasinski's whole thing is off screen. Yeah. But the first two were very carefully done, where you don't really see anything, and it's really, mm -hmm. really quick. This movie got a little more indulgent with some of the brutality, and I was. I was really into it, honestly. Yeah. And it added to what we were talking about, which is in these movies, you shouldn't you shouldn't get used to anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And I will say there is one small way where that works against the movie. Mm -hmm. And I would point to oh, oh no, I don't know how to pronounce his name. 
uh, I think it's Diamon Honsu. I am that because I do not know how to pronounce his name, but he is great. He's an incredible actor, and I, I really should have looked up how to say his name before we, we sat down to tape this. Um, but he plays an unnamed character in the movie, and honestly, like, his death felt cheap. And that, sure. that was a bit, that was just a real bummer. Because um, you see him show up, you want to see him do something interesting. Yeah. He plays a very pivotal role in the movie, but he mm. is not there for long. Yeah, and his death feels real cheap because it's one of those like it, it's like uh, I know what you did last summer. Like <laughs> she gets away, then she stops and looks around. Right. Yeah. And he kind of had one of those things where it was just like a really dumb like. Are we sure it followed us? Maybe, maybe I need to go back. Make sure it didn't go back, and it, it no, gets got. It's and, there. <laughs> so that felt cheap. Well, okay, I'll say this straight up. There are some real stereotypical horror movie moments in this that really kind of bummed me out because of how original the material is. Yeah. Um, for instance, when like the kid like walks upstairs to look for his mom or whatever, and there's all like these creepy hanging uniforms, yeah. and then there's like a dead body behind a curtain. Yeah, it felt like a horror movie vignette, like that would be in that you would see in just any horror movie, and this isn't right. just any horror movie. Yeah, so I was bummed with that sequence because it felt really cheap. Um, and I was bummed with, yeah, the, the death of that incredible actor and that character just because it felt like a cheap horror movie moment. So I wish those two things specifically felt a little cheap and a little cliche. And I wish that uh, they had found a way to elevate that, that felt more true to this universe. Yeah. That being said, I rated the first movie a 12 out of 13. I'm rating this movie an 11.5 out of 13. So it's like, I was really able to look past anything that like rubbed me the wrong way. I got over it so quick because I was yeah. on to the next thing and I was like, dope. Um, and Killian Murphy, I shouted him out in the review. Burp. I shouted him out in the review, but I'm going to shout him out again yeah. and give a little more context into like, I would not think to cast him as such a bitter, yeah. grungy, like everything about the dude is just bad. He's bitter. He's not a good person. He's really gross. (laughs) Like, and Killian Murphy is like such a handsome, like clean cut guy that casting him really came out of left field. And he is so good. Not, not just in like the acting, but this is like the most action I've ever seen him do. And he's phenomenal. Like I said, the scene on the dock, I was just like breathless. I was like, Hell yeah. This is great. <laughs> yeah, you. Um, and so huge shout out to him. And yeah, again, like the, I, I appreciate this movie was really willing to go some places and it feels like if the first movie is about how do we survive in a hostile environment, this movie is a follow-up to that. Yeah. And I have nothing but praise for John Krasinski that there's a version of a sequel that feels cheap. This doesn't feel cheap. This mm. feels genuine. This feels like, yeah, of course this is what would happen next. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that it's brutal. I like the fact that it's really hard hitting in some places. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it's great. 11.5. I, I've listed my complaints, a couple of cheap moments. Yeah. But ultimately you forget about the cheap moments because of what it ultimately facilitates, which is rad. Yeah. Right. So the kid finding like the dead body is a little bit lame for a second. But then you get a rad sequence where he's locked in a freaking vault yeah. and he has to share oxygen yeah. with the baby. Yeah. And, um, you know, a cheap, uh, uh, you know what? Like the, the weird MacGuffin of a creature somehow rides a boat to the island. Right. Feels out of place. But then you get a rad sequence of just Devastation. pure, pure <laughs> action, action movie star from Killian Murphy running through the town square like freaking grabbing kids out of the way like yeah. in the paul revere thing <laughs> yeah get inside with all with how much he was yelling it's a miracle it didn't be lying to him yeah, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah a couple of weird cheap moments but yeah. the payoff is good enough that i'm willing to overlook it and oh, nice. i really enjoyed seeing this in a theater everybody's going on and on about how this is the perfect movie to get you out of your house into the theater and i hate to 
I hate to back that up because I'm kind of I like to be cynical about stuff like that. Like, don't tell me how to watch my movie. But honestly, this is a real if you want to find a movie to get back to the theater, this is worth it. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of sp- spookiness, I touched on this in the review. I do not think this movie has the suspense that the first one does. I found this movie a lot less scary. But like I said, um, I think it's still great. And I don't want my score of spookiness to really like make you feel like this is a bad movie. It's not. I'm going to go pretty low. I'm going to give this a 5 out of 13 for spookiness. Nice. Because, um, yeah, there's a couple moments that really got me. But for the most part, nothing had... There wasn't really. There was. It was pretty rare that the movie got as tense as the first one. So yeah. I was kind of drawn out of it a bit by that. I wish that it had had a little more intensity. But yeah, we we've talked for quite a long time about the quality of the movie. Heck yeah! Let's get into like the meat of this podcast, Sur- the meat and potatoes. Time for the main course, boys and girls, and everyone out there. So uh, at this point of the of the uh, podcast we profile oh the killer <laughs> sorry he was like tapping something against his mic and i could hear it over the mic and it sounded like the creatures like creaking sound and i was like <sighs> they heard us <laughs> oh by the way i want to say just really quick uh i was watching a bunch of behind the scenes stuff just so i yeah. can bring up trivia throughout the episode if we feel that it's necessary yeah i'm gonna call out something for you boys that the it doesn't the audience won't necessarily know this, yeah. but John Krasinski was saying kind of all over the place that um, he wanted this movie to be his Jaws. He he was always saying to people, including Emily Blunt, his wife, he's like, I want to make a Jaws one day. And funny enough, when he got the script for the first one, he didn't put two and two together that yeah. that, was, that could kind of be his Jaws. But with this one, he, w- he went all out. That's why there's like the blood and the water reference nice. and all that. What's interesting about that is the three of us very recently taped an episode about Jaws. Jaws, So a little spoiler for season two. You can expect an episode about Jaws. But uh, knowing that, I definitely saw some parallels and saw some interesting stuff. And, like, John Krasinski clearly wants to be, like, a Spielberg type. And he is – he's darn close. Yeah. He's good. Um, I mean – you know, I don't want to. I, I very much would encourage John Krasinski to be his own thing and not just copy Spielberg. But like, mm-hmm. I would put them in remarkably similar categories. So, hey man, you did a really good job. And having recently watched Jaws, I would say that your two movies together, like back to back, was very pleasant. And I think you fulfilled your own need to do a Jaws. <laughs> I think you did it. I like it. I like it a lot. Alrighty, so at this point of the podcast, we like to profile our killers, talk about them, their strengths, their weaknesses, the in-between. So uh, yeah, what do we think about the uh, the crab alien people? I don't know what they're called, or if there's a name Still for them. Still don't know the, the name. The crab boys. <laughs> the crab boys. <laughs> I, uh, it's, because, I mean, we, we talked about this in the first one, and they are the same creatures, so there's not a whole lot more to say, except we do get a little insight on a couple more of their weaknesses. We do right. know they can't swim. Yeah. And that's kind of the big thing in this movie. They find an island, and they're all talking. They're like, why are you talking? And they're like, they can't swim. And they're like, yay. So that's a big thing. I think that's a big development as far as the, the creatures are concerned. In the first episode, we were all like, there's there's no beating them. There's <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you could just pray to God that you don't get found. Like, Unless. but this yeah. is a big big deal as far right. as surviving them, knowing that they can't swim. Yeah, and big big praise to the world building of that. Yeah, it's so good that this movie takes what we know from the first movie, adds a little more context, mm-hmm. and totally works. So great writing from Mr. Krasinski. Really, it felt. I was, it didn't pull me out at all. I was mm. like, oh, they can't swim. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. They, they don't yeah. look like they could swim. Not They've really. got some weird yeah. limbs. <laughs> now they stay away from that waterfall for two reasons. Yeah, there um, it is. That's true. Slip and slide to your death. I, I do think we should point out, though, that one of the most interesting parts about this movie is clearly John Krasinski went into it kind of saying, like, how do you survive such a hostile world? Yeah. But now he's adding in a kind of a bonus thing here of not only do you have to worry about these creatures, like 
the whole like Killian Murphy's whole thing at the beginning of the movies of the movies. He's like the people that are left are like animals in their own yeah. right. Like yeah. they they don't deserve to be saved. Yeah. And we see that we see that with Scoop McNary and the yeah. and the and the Doc Boys. We see them. <laughs> the Doc Boys. That sounds like Scoop a band. Scoop McNary and the Doc Boys. <laughs> Scoop McNary and the Doc Boys. <laughs> no, but you're uh, right. You're right. <laughs> that ended up being. I did not mean for that to be as comical as it was. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So I feel like that's something very much to take into account as well. And I feel like there's even like that brief moment where she wakes up and all of her stuff is gone remember and i was like oh shoot killian murphy screwed her over yeah and um like that would have been perfectly in line with his character and i wouldn't have been surprised right Uh, so i i do think like it's great that there's now this additional weakness that you can exploit with these creatures uh and that feels like great world building but another great aspect of the world building done here is the creatures aren't your only worry. Yeah, yeah. true. They're they're uh, not the only killers in this sense. For, no. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Killian Murphy, he's the killer. He <laughs> he's is he's the man. Cold blooded, <laughs> and I I loved it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that is interesting. I thought it was. I guess this is more towards the strength. It was cool to see because um, you know this kind of got brought up like it's alluded to that they're armor and they're indestructible, but it was interesting to actually see like people actually trying and being like, Oh, okay, cool. So like, Oh, right. Okay. That confirms it where it's like the cop tried to straight up shoot it with a shotgun that didn't work. And then, you know, you have the explosion of the air tank that doesn't do anything. Not do much at all. I know. I was like, which is crazy. Maybe, maybe. I thought that was the whole plan. I thought it was like full jaws. She was going to blow it up with the air tank, but it wasn't that easy, which was, But it led to that really cool sequence with like the sprinklers, which right. I which I loved. Yeah, so, right. And I'm definitely gonna get into that when we talk about victims. Cause, Heck yeah, yeah. frick yeah. They're yeah, still smart in this movie, which I love. absolutely That's great, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, um, it is to bring up since we're talking about the aliens, and you know, <laughs> it, it's interesting. I'm since like, we're talking about the crab boys. Since we're talking about Mr. Please, Krabs, please refer to them by their Christian names. <laughs> The crab boys. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Like, I just bring this up because it's like, how how did the boat get to the island? Did the yeah. did the alien just learn how to paddle, paddle. and, <laughs> and knew where to go? spindly legs, like, steering the little wheel. <laughs> yeah, so. What's the Popeye theme song? <laughs> it's Popeye's show. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that was just one of those things where I'm like, that's, that's a little hinky in my opinion. Like the, the boat just, I mean, fortunately for the alien, unfortunately for the people just made its way to the Island. So I guess that's neither a strength nor a weakness, just a a perspective (laughs) on the crab boys. Should be noted. The crab boys pretty good at steering boats. (laughs) They got that's that a down. strength for them. Oh no, they put, got a navy. <laughs> put that in uh, whichever column. You know, there's the pros, there's the cons column. Put that in whatever column it belongs in. You got the Venn diagram, the thing hey, in the middle. Video editors, get after it. <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> Do your thing. That's what my catchphrase is. Now. <laughs> I I forgot, but yeah, that's my catchphrase. <laughs> nice. All right. So, do we have anything else we want to talk about with the Crab Boys? Anything maybe we missed? Uh, definitely, I would say, from the first scene, I said this in the last episode as a hypothetical, but yeah. now it's kind of brought to life, so I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, it's going to be really tough in the first day, two days of <laughs> this to survive because of just just watching that scene and them scurrying along like ants, and yeah. there's a... Just... The creature just goes cr- past you and takes out the person in front of you, and you're like, "That could have been me." Right. Like, there's no, it's just happenstance. It wasn't yeah. me. There's no, it was really in that situation, especially not knowing the thing about sound, not knowing that you probably shouldn't scream. Just, just that there, it's crazy to see that carnage. So, uh, I won't put that into because this movie really is about 
the 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 sequel and about everyone knows what's going on and there's less people and it's not that carnage but i will say just to kind of add to it those creatures are definitely in their elements the first couple days of yeah. the invasion it's oh, yeah. it, they're, they're just wrecking house i will say this movie actually sort of recontextualized things for me um because there's that that uh as part of the opening sequence when uh john krasinski and millicent simmons are hiding in that cafe with a bunch of other people Mm -hmm. and like the the one girl's like phone goes off and it comes Mm -hmm. running in and that's the whole thing i was really amazed how during that scene i was like actually yeah instinctually i think i would be quiet like yeah yeah um like obviously there's a couple people who don't quite get it john krasinski's doing he's got to hit his famous quiet place pose with everybody just (laughs) um but i i will admit that uh i mean there there is the carnage and that would that would spook you that get you running you wouldn't necessarily be worried about getting quiet but if you get to a place where you're hunkering down like that i would be so focused on being silent naturally be quiet um so that did recontextualize things for me a little Mm. so i would say like if you can get to a spot where you can hole up and get and get quiet as soon as possible that would do a lot yeah um so it did recontextualize things a little bit where i was like you know what i didn't give myself enough credit with the first movie because i also was like i don't think i make it past day one but it does kind of make sense like yeah you probably go underground you probably try to be real quiet about it like yeah (laughs) yeah uh at least i would um I, I mean, this isn't really like a strength or weaknesses thing. I just want to point out that this movie, I mean, John Krasinski said it in interviews and I didn't think about it, but this movie full confirms that these guys were, that these, these crab boys rode to earth bareback on a freaking meteor. <laughs> so yeah, apparently they're pretty darn tough. Uh, yeah. to enter the atmosphere and then survive the collision of the surface of the earth. <laughs> I never, I never realized how weird it was until there was an actual visual representation yeah. of a meteor falling to earth. Right. And the aliens came from that just to conceptually be like, Holy crap. These guys are just raw dog in the atmosphere <laughs> and totally fine afterwards. So no yeah, problem. these guys are pretty tough. Yeah, I know. Right. It's take a little bit more than just, uh, you know, I don't know water in m9 Shyamalan. <laughs> i don't know i guess in a way water does their downfall but i was gonna say the first movie is a movie that's similar to signs in the fact that mel gibson like... is in both of them <laughs> no. i was gonna say that john krasinski is clearly a mel gibson standard <laughs> he's mel a man make it, so i had to do he's it. a man who's lost his faith and grown his beard <laughs> It's a family in a farmhouse trying to survive in a very individual way. So I thought it was funny when I watched it. I made that connection no, yeah. that yeah. water ended up being the alien's weakness. And so it wasn't intentional, and it's different enough, but sure. it was funny. But it, uh, Yeah, I guess that's that's one of those things, right? If you're an alien and you haven't come up against water, which I don't know. I don't know. Let's just say they haven't. But if they have them, like two-thirds of the planet is covered in water somebody's like <laughs> way to go oh man our weakness it'll probably be fine maybe apparently any continent like like if there was a continent that didn't get hit by a meteor they're fine so yeah. maybe australia's just been chilling Thank like they're, they're all good <laughs> they have no idea even what's going on at least bloody buggers what are you talking they're about just walking around upside down just <laughs> of, course, <laughs> of course some of the freaking creatures in australia if they actually ended up there they're probably just like oh right <laughs> Another reason to be careful in the outback. I know, right? <laughs> Not no. even worried about it. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, I know. Some of the wildlife in Australia might give them a run for their money. <laughs> They're like, I thought we were the monsters. <laughs> the freaking crab boys get eaten by spiders their first week in Australia. Yeah, fair dinkum. <laughs> fair dinkum. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Anyway, I Sorry. guess something we haven't, maybe we touched on it, but we also know 100% they are fireproof so yes yeah not only from them coming through the atmosphere but emily bunn just kind of blazing them blazing it it, it yeah. came out of the fire just fine so yep. the crabby boys are down to blaze yeah <laughs> they're they're yep exactly <laughs> so yeah any yeah, dudes i feel like we should let's talk about uh let's talk out. about our, our our friends the protagonists the protagonists so as always the, pro, the protagoni the if there's pro, more than the one, protags the protagonism <laughs> the protagonism yes <laughs> i like it yeah sweet i'll take it 
So, as always, this is the section of the show where we talk about our protagonists slash victims. We try to assess their uh, their choices, what they do, what's good, what's not good. So, what do we think? Uh, I, I said this super solid choices, I think, from most people. There are a couple scenes there were some questionable choices. Yeah. And I'll start with that just because, yeah. you know. Why not? Yeah. I think the scene that Luke talked about with the boy... And that kind of cliche horror movie where he's going upstairs and there's some skeletons and it's all freaky. He screams, he falls backwards, the creature knows he's there. That scene is not only kind of cliche, it's also, to me, doesn't make a whole lot of logical sense. I was watching, I was like, why Why is he going up? Why is he doing that? And I think, you know, he wants to know his mom is coming back and that's important. He's got the binoculars, but he just kind of leaves the baby downstairs. He. I don't know. So to me, that was a really stupid decision, and and I don't. And that was the most glaring one that you didn't really see in the first movie, where you're just like, that is a cliche horror movie bad yeah. decision that you should just not do. Yeah. And so to me, that was one of them. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And to be fair, like that's what this podcast is about: is identifying like, because every horror movie, not every horror movie, but like horror movies, famously have bad decisions yep. that, as an audience member, you want to call out. So we're not doing our job if we don't point out like the classic bad yep. horror movie decisions. And right, that's it. And yeah, I mean, if you want to go up and look for your mom, fine. Uh, probably don't abandon the baby. Right. Um, but if you're going to do that, I, I guess I'm with you up until you see the dead body and then you friggin I don't uh. knock over a whole thing of dominoes whatever he did <laughs> um i don't know at this point in the world you've seen so much death like when he gets the when he gets like the friggin bear trap of course he screams like yeah, yeah make that, make a lot of noise yeah, that was don't fault fair. him there that's how it's going to be when he yeah. sees a dead body in a world where there's death all around thousands of yeah. them he's like knocks everything over that was kind of a bummer yeah so yeah that whole sequence was a bummer um but every choice he makes after that is pretty solid i mean when he accidentally shuts the vault completely and he ends up sharing oxygen with the baby that's intense but honestly a good decision yeah Um, sure i mean like me personally i probably would have just left the baby on oxygen and died but yeah. Also, I'm a full-grown adult man, and he's a small child. Sure. Like, yeah. Hard to blame him for being, I want to live! <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to live! Oh, he's so selfish. <laughs> He'll never be a samurai. Oh, I wish the other one had lived. <laughs> <laughs> the right kid's going to die tonight! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, that, and then, of course... Our friend, Mr. Hansu, I do not know how to pronounce his name. Yes. I feel really bad about that. Yeah. His death was so dumb, yeah. so unearned. Um, other than that, I think everything. I think all. The, I think I'm right there with every decision yeah. they make. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would have put two and two together about like the sprinkler system. Yeah. So I would have accidentally stumbled into that, but I yeah. accidentally, but I absolutely would use a tank to try and blow it up. So give it a try, man. Nothing to lose. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Jeez. And that scene, I I I pinpoint that scene because I think it was a moment where the character for me was a step of head a step ahead of me i was yeah totally falling for it where it's like oh she tried to burn it and it didn't mm-hmm. work but she was she knew the whole time because she the was smoke. a sprinkler yep. in the previous scene she knew what was going on so when those sprinklers came down and it was almost to me like an homage to the first movie where there was that little waterfall that she was yeah. hiding behind in mm-hmm. the basement where she she made that connection she's like oh yeah running water is hard for them to hear so super right. smart to shiz decision mm-hmm. uh, from the character that i i don't know if i'd pick up on maybe accidentally yeah but uh yeah <laughs> i think at the very least i would be relying on the idea that the sound of the explosion would disorient the creature enough yeah, yeah. that i could hopefully find a way to move past it right um so like again i would have stumbled into the sprinklers she was definitely the fact that she knew about him was in, it was incredible but mm-hmm. like I would have gotten far enough in planning to say if it doesn't successfully kill the creature, that's enough to disorient it so I can figure something out. Something else out, yeah. Right. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Sorry, not to, like, stump in and be like, you know, well, I'm definitely as smart as the character. No, like, she was a step ahead of me with the sprinkler for sure. sure. But, um, 
yeah, like that whole sequence is incredible. Um, not to bring up like not to bring it up nonstop, but mm-hmm. th- like Killian Murphy at the dock. Yeah, really smart. Incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, right? I mean, I I I don't know that I necessarily would have made the connection of. Obviously, he didn't know that they drown. He clearly didn't know about that because he's surprised by it when he sees it happen. Right. Um, but I'd like to think I'd be able to make the to reach the conclusion of like you know what if I'm in the water and I can hide like my natural sounds under the sounds of the waves and the natural sound of the water that's going to go far so i'd like to think i i I, very smart decision that i probably could have probably could have reached in a similar way and like the build-up too of like the the only word in sign language he knows is dive like that was so so yeah that call back to the beginning movie i I know right that's just great writing um so that whole section of like uh, nailed it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I think the kind of cliche at the beginning where Millicent Simmons is like, I'm breaking from the group. I think normally that's a bad decision in most horror movies ever. But yeah. this one, to me, totally made sense. There was a motivation for her to realize, yeah, my family's not going to let me go if I talk with them. Then they're going to you know, watch me closer. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a very selfless thing to want to do. It, it makes sense. So... Even though that's kind of a horror movie cliche that I normally don't support, I think her decision to go off on her own, at least the motivation made sense, and uh, the fact that Killian Murphy ended up joining her definitely helped, and right. I'm glad he did, and she probably wouldn't have made, obviously wouldn't have made it by herself, because, you know, there's that yeah. kind of deus ex machina with him blowing up its mm-hmm. head. Um, so... I don't know if it was the smartest decision, but it made sense with her motivation and with her character and ended up working out because he did go with her. Yes. I I mean, other than like we said, the, the sequence with the kid and like the suits upstairs and Mm -hmm. the random thing at the end of like, I have to go back for my family. (laughs) I know they, they, you know, they're not following us anymore. So, uh, other than those, I, I genuinely think every decision is, calculated and well made and i can't say whether or not i would make the same decision in their shoes but i see the logic of it yeah and i and it's a good move the character motivation is so strong that it it just bleeds through into their decisions yeah and like sorry not to like really gush about again like writing and directing and stuff but like the the things that like the choices tell us about each character Mm -hmm. is awesome too like the dimensions it adds to Millicent Simmons' character that she is willing to brave this world on her own because she believes in helping others. And like what it tells us about Killian Murphy that on the dock, his first instinct is like, let's kill all these motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that he goes from zero to 100. Like he goes full werewolf in like no time at all. I know, right? Um, like it, it, it's great, great decision-making and great character building, just what it tells us about who they are and really puts the audience in an interesting place. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of could the victims be any smarter and make better decisions in a couple spots? Yeah, but for the most part, it's so – it they, they're kind of killing it, honestly, for yeah. most of it. Yeah, very true. I mean, you know, even the whole, like, before he stupidly is like, I have to go back for my family. They're, mm-hmm. like, driving the car, honking the horn, trying yeah. to get it away from everybody. Right. That was Smart. such a great plan. Right. Um, just instinctually to know, like, get it away from the populated area um, and lead it somewhere else. That was phenomenal. Uh, as a matter of fact, the only way I think that plan could have been improved is if uh, the... Um, Again, I don't know how to pronounce your name, and I'm sorry. The Man on the Island. Let's call him the Man on the Island. Sounds good. Uh, the only way that plan could have been improved is if the Man on the Island just, like, dropped him off at the radio station and then just continued circling around the island, honking his horn, keeping oh, it busy. Oh, yeah, true. That way they could do their radio station business, like, mm-hmm. without having to worry about the creature. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so maybe that's one improvement I would sure. make over the characters is I'd just be like, hey, man, drop us at the front door and you uh, you do your thing. You do your thing. Like, <laughs> make your we lives. got a good thing going. Try to keep that. Try to keep that happening. Right. So, yeah, maybe that's one improvement we could make. I agree. I'm not sure I, I can see any others that we, we could do. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I agree with everything that said. I think, you know, just to give an example of, I think, just at the root of it, how being able to adapt on the fly and using logic, like especially at the first for like, you know, the son gets his foot stuck in a bear trap. So it's like he's making a lot of noise. We can't outrun it. So we're going to have to take this position. We're going to have to like attack the creature, which yeah. I'm like, great. You know, you yeah. guys were concise. Hold on. You had a plan. I oh. said, well done. Oh, Sorry. I thought you said, hold on. Yeah, like, I thought you said, hold now? on, too. It's like, what's going on? Well hold on. done. Hold on there. Um, what's great is you guys thought I said, hold on. Then you both looked at me and just at me and be like. <laughs> <laughs> Luke just. This is, he's got a good, power over Good us. trust here with Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Just me blank faced as you guys are like, he's going to say something. He's yes. going to say something really yes. interesting. But anyway, that's just an example of the ability to think critically and, you know, just keep your composure and, and to do a good job of surviving, I think, is a good example of that. And they did great. So I don't know. And I mean, I'll be honest, this family's a lot smarter than I would have been in a lot yeah. of these situations. Absolutely. So, so, yeah. All right. So now that we've kind of talked about the characters, talked about their decisions, we're going to get into, uh, you know, this is this is... This is go time. This is crunch time where we talk about how we can survive the movie if we could. And first of all, we'll start by seeing if we can make final boy status, which is basically somebody that makes it almost to the end. And then they unfortunately are killed. They're the last person to be killed. So they, they almost make the finish line, but they don't quite make the finish line. So what do we think? Could we make final boy status? Uh, and, and Adam kind of started talking about this earlier, but we are giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt that we've made it this far, yeah? Right. Yeah, if yeah. we didn't survive the first movie. <laughs> You're not going to be in the sequel, right? Yeah, but yeah. We, yeah. at, at we, least the beginning of the sequel. Because right. all three of us decided we like we would have died in the first movie. Yeah. yeah. So I think we got to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and say we are alive at the beginning of A Quiet Place yeah. 2. Right, I, I we, absolutely We agree. got spawned in at the, mm-hmm. at the beginning of this movie. Cool. Um, I mean, me personally, that, so yeah, if we're, if we're assuming that we're around at the beginning, obviously mm. we've adjusted to what this world is. Yeah. We've elevated our thinking and our survival skills to like what this world demands. Um, and I, I, I'm inclined to think that I could get final boy status this go around because like we said the big thing we were worried about the first time around is just not being aware that they hunt by sound and that was going to be the thing that destroys us if we're still around at the beginning of this movie we know how it works we know know how to keep quiet apparently we can have full whisper conversations like underground so like you can still communicate with people again um there's like the danger of other people but maybe we've been around enough to know that we have to be careful about who we trust right so uh, Final Boy status, I think, is much easier in this movie because you have a benchmark for yourself already that you have to hit every single day. Um, so, and this movie takes place over the course of what two days? Uh, two, three days. So. Yeah, so it's just like a yeah. couple of days. Yeah, um, I think Killian Murphy says some says it towards the end, but I, I don't remember it offhand. Because yeah, the man on the island's like, you know, how long did it take you to get here? And he's like, this long. So it's like two, three days. Yeah. Um, so assuming that you have a benchmark that you already need to hit just on a daily basis, um, obviously this movie goes a little above that normal benchmark, but, uh, I, I think final boy status is much more attainable if you're, if you're already consistently, you know, at least passing the class, so to speak, like, you know, maybe you're not going to get the A plus, but you're, you're passing. Sure. (laughs) So, yeah, I'll give myself Final Boy status in this one under the assumption that I've been around long enough to be familiar with the world and its rules. Right. Also, to kind because of, I agree with you, if you've made it this far, you have the knowledge, you have the skills. Um, I would say 
as well, because assuming that we take the place of these characters, we've also have the weapon. We have the little earpiece, and we mm-hmm. have the 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 knowledge that that gets them. And I think that just totally changes the game, as we saw with the thing with the bear trap, where right. uh, it was you know they decided to fight instead of flight, and yeah. <laughs> they killed it. And I think um, that is helpful, and will get you pretty far as well. And I think meeting up with Killian Murphy and having that underground base, I feel like I'd be able to convince him to let me stay, even though he was a little resistant. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel like from there, it would be pretty easy to make Final Boy status right. in this movie with these things being given. Even if I don't have a ton of skills, if I have that that secret weapon, knowing that the that certain sound at a certain decibel or whatever will get him, I think I'm doing pretty well. Nice. Heck yeah. Yeah. Where are I you agree. at, Lance, and how are you feeling about Final Boy status? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, once you've gotten used to living in the world with the creatures, that's one threat that you've kind of neutralized. And I think, you know, just me, even, you know, when the world's not filled with aliens, I kind of keep to myself and, like, the people that I know. So, like, as far as, like, outside people and, and the rabid people, like, I in think... In terms of, like, how many people are consistently in this apartment, it's, like, what, four? Yep, pretty much. So we already have a pretty good basis of, like, <laughs> we group together, we keep quiet, we'll be okay. Yeah, I know, right? So I think both of those threats I could avoid, you know, pretty easily just through having created a routine and knowing the rules and also having, you know, the earpiece and the weapon... So I'm going to give myself Final Boy status on this. So moving on to the championship round where we determine if we could make Final Girl status, which is you make it through the entire movie. You are the last one standing or the last group of people standing, depending on the movie. So what do we think? Do we think we could make Final Final Girl status? Final Girl status? Final Girl status. Well, I will be your final girl if you give me lunch cards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bring back the Soviet Union. Anyway, oh boy. Hmm. I mean, I, I if I really deeply think about this, like we established, like the people who don't make it out of this movie. Well, significantly, one doesn't make it out because he makes a really bad choice in a key moment that I certainly wouldn't do. Yeah. Other people that die in this movie, I guess they die because they're, like, dicks. Yeah. (laughs) Because removing the context of, like, the prequel section that shows Mm. day one. Yeah. Just, like, the main story of this movie, really the only people we see die are... Uh, Scoop McNary and the Dock Boys, <laughs> and uh, the people on the island who kind of get surprised, and yeah. of course the man on the island who makes the very poor choice in a in a key moment. Um. So yeah, uh, you know what? I yeah, as long as you're willing to work as a team in this movie, and make the smartest choice you can in the moment. It seems like you can make it out okay. Right. And I'm going to be confident in myself and say I, I would like to be a team player in this situation. So I wouldn't be like, you, you know, I wouldn't be some Joe Schmo trying to like rob them of their stuff and right. then they friggin' assassinate me. <laughs> and I will also say that in in that key moment, I, I, would, uh, I would commit to moving forward as as opposed to just moving back and i would alter the plan and i'd keep driving my car around the island and honking and keeping yeah. it away from people as much as i could yeah um so with those two things in mind i i'm yeah i'm gonna go ahead and give myself final girl status on this one i think this is a this is a movie where teamwork make the dream work so if you're willing to be a team player i think you can get pretty far so i'm, I'm gonna give myself that i like it I 
I'm actually going to do the same thing. I'm going oh, to shoot. give myself final girl status, which is not something that happens with a lot of movies that we watch. <laughs> Here's why. Because I Adam think... Adam is weirdly down on himself in this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Just oh. a lot of like, uh, I'm just dead. I, oh, dead. I couldn't. I, I couldn't survive. No, no. It's usually me. But this, this movie, I feel confident because the problems I had with the first movie with surviving the first movie are kind of gone because since the first movie, I'm like, holy crap, my hay fever is going to kill me. So I stock up on medication from the store. I have tons of it. Some of it might be going expired, but it's it's all right. Uh, hey, if it expires, you just have a real fun time. You know? <laughs> so just a good night out. And so... I was having a stroke, but I'm better now. I'm I'm okay. He's recovered. I counted to 10 and that was fine. (laughs) That's all you got to do. Hold your breath for 10. (laughs) Hold your breath for 10 seconds. That'll stop a stroke. Oh, thank goodness. It's like hiccups. Oh, that was, oh, I was really worried for a second. I could smell burned toast. Turns out Adam was just overcooking his toast. (laughs) That happens too. That happens a lot. So I have that and I also have the secret weapon device that makes them freak the fetch out. And, uh, I go out to, during the last movie, I go out to the waterfall and practice my shooting because, mm. you know, the waterfall's probably going to be louder. Right. And so I get really good at shooting. So I got the device. I'm like, boom. And I go, boom. And they're dead. Yeah. And so I go cross country, right? Because I think I'd be smart enough at the beginning of this movie to be like, okay, I need to get, because I know, because I know where I live, I know I'm by the coast, and I know that there's probably a banded ship. So I feel like pretty early on, I'd be like, I need to get me in a boat and just get away from land. Because that, to me, is a very smart decision, even though I don't know that it's the weakness. But like one of you said, like, it's pretty natural to be like, yeah, water water is probably a thing that's that's safe and being isolated on a boat mm-hmm. even not with the intention of finding an island just being on a boat yeah well and like is a good place to sure be. yeah and in fairness even if they're like magnificent swimmers the idea that they land so let's say if they only land on the continent of america yeah and you're in if and you're in new york i think this movie takes place in somewhere in the state of new york um, you grab yourself a boat, you jump on over to merry old England. Like, no, even if they're pretty good swimmers, it's, it's really hard to believe they'll swim across an entire ocean. Yeah. Um, so I feel like an Island, like it's interesting that I didn't think about it in the first movie. It should have occurred to me sooner. Cause yeah. when you stop and think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Just get to a continent where a meteor didn't hit. Yeah. What are the odds? The aliens can swim like like you said, if Australia doesn't get hit, go to Australia. What are the odds that the freaking creatures can swim all the way to Australia? Right. Not. I don't think they. I don't think that's really much of an option. Yeah. And I'm. I feel like I wouldn't be as. I wouldn't think to be as selfless as Millicent Simmons. I wouldn't be like I'm going to use this device, and play it over the big old radio or whatever. I think I would. Not just because I'm a dick and I'd think about that and be like, nah, I'm just going to keep it to myself. I think I'd be really in animalistic mode where I'm like, I need to get myself safe before I can think about other sort of things. So I think I'd get on a boat. I'd go out into the ocean. I think I would inevitably find a island or a place that isn't with them or an abandoned cruise ship or something and just chill out and figure out my next move a lot uh, more methodically and uh, yeah, I think because of that, I would survive the movie. I like it. So uh, I will make final girl status. You. I'm not only I'm not only surviving, I'm thriving. And let me tell you why. Tell me. We're gonna get ourselves an old shrimping boat, and we're gonna go out and we're gonna go shrimping. We're gonna make ourselves millions of dollars. Wait, 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 wait. If this is the plot to Forrest Gump, it's not. It's not. Okay, okay. We served in the war together. One of us <laughs> oh, lost God. our legs. <laughs> Anyway, shrimp boat. We got that going. We get a couple other boats. 
So what we do for like kind of get into more tourism and recreation, you know, we supply some weapons, supply some guns, get the the dock boys. Wait, this is recreation. <laughs> this is recreation, having a good time. So what we'll do is we get our we have like night cruises where we'll have the dock boys playing some music. Yes, the dock boys. And then the creatures are coming out on the coast, and it's like, all right, guys, time to fire up the old frequency. Fire that up and just plunk, 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 plunk charge money for that or not you know just you know everybody it's been a rough time so people need to get out their aggression and then we're going on a world tour boys we're just sailing (laughs) we're touring around we get to the down under we have ourselves a good old time so you know i think that uh you know when life gives you lemons you go shrimping so that that's my take on that hey you know what Honey walnut shrimp is the best thing on the menu at panda express it's great so if shrimping is our business Business is good. <laughs> Business is good, boys. Amen. Pow. Boom. Pow. Ha-cha! <laughs> pow Scat man with hey, karate. Future me, could you cut all this out? <laughs> he won't. He, he's such a dick. He's not going to do it. Oh, future Luke. He's always trying to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> we really got to be on our toes. It's the plot to Looper. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> ah, just blows me away with the shotgun. <laughs> Paul Dano. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, he was in that movie. You yeah, thought I forgot. Yeah, I did forget. But yeah, <laughs> good on him for being in that movie and dying like a true samurai. Anyway, <laughs> now that we've made it to the end of our uh, of our episode of Final Boy Status, we got some plugs any uh, any shout-outs, any plugs you want to give before we wrap this thing up? Oh, right. Okay. I I just remembered that we're releasing this, like, way soon because this is yeah. a special episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I do have stuff I can Let's plug, it. actually. Yeah. Uh, so I am currently in the middle of directing a play called Keystone. It is part of uh, the On-Pitch Performing Arts Center's uh, New Works Festival. So you can see that in July. I forget the exact dates, uh, but you go to onpitchperformingarts.com for tickets for that. It's coming together really well. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm really, really psyched about it. Uh, Also at the On-Pitch Performing Arts Center, I'm going to be teaching a class about uh, script writing. It's just for beginners, if you want to start learning about the craft, start learning about storytelling, if you think I've ever said anything on this podcast that would indicate that I that I uh, can structure some screenplays. You can come learn from me, and you can come uh, just learn the basics of how to put together a story. Uh, and then, as always, you can follow me on Twitter. I like to be funny on there sometimes. Uh, so I'm at Luke Howder, L-U-K-E-H-A-U-E-T-E-R. Um, oh, you know what? And actually, I've been I've been trying to be more active on TikTok lately, making more videos there. And I'd like to think that they're really funny. So if you think i'm funny at all and want to see some of that you can go check out my tiktok i'm i'm on there nice as always i'm just gonna give a shameless plug to this (laughs) podcast final boy status we enjoy making it we hope you guys enjoy listening to it you can search us up on spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts and all that good stuff google play you know apple music all that good stuff so google play actually doesn't We're going to skip over that (laughs) to point out Google Play Music is no longer a thing. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that, so that's good to know. So that's a shout-out for anybody that, you know, when you're in a general conversation, don't bring up Google Play. I wonder if this podcast was available on Pornhub. (laughs) Would we do better? (laughs) Here's here's a genuine question for me. If you wanted to share it with one of your friends, would you send him, like, the Pornhub link? You gotta. Oh, that's risky. How much would that redefine your relationship with that person to get a text from them and see oh, clearly man. it is a Pornhub link? And you have to spend you have to spend some time thinking about whether or not to click on that, first of all. I know, right? Like I know my buddy, but do I know him that well? <laughs> like is it are is we it worth into the same time? things? I don't even know. Let's see. It's it's just this it's just there's so many things going on there. I know that this is a joke that exists. I think it's a Sam Morell joke. Yeah. He's a great stand-up comedian where he's like, why is there even an option to share these videos anyway? Like, I'm never going to be watching something on Pornhub and suddenly think, you know who would appreciate this? <laughs> Brian. <laughs> uh, but, no, I mean, there's a lo- that's layered. That's a whole yeah. thing because you as a person, you have to be like, do I trust my friend to click on this link? Yeah, and if I click on this link and it is what I think it is, am I comfortable with that being a new facet of my relationship with this person? Right. If you yeah. already use that, then yeah, it's not a big deal. But the yeah. first thing that would come to my head is, 
spam link and I wouldn't oh, just right. click on it. You know? Oh, good yeah. man. That's good not man. trust. It's, it's not distrust. It's distrusting the internet, not right. distrusting your friend. Confirmed. So, I feel like it wouldn't work. Never trust the internet, kids. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. anywho, that is our episode for A Quiet Place Part well, 2. Adam, did you, I, oh. do you, you have plugs, yeah? Uh, yeah, I'm in a, yeah, sorry. I was like, I'm used to not plugging things cause, uh, I have a boring life. Uh, <laughs> I am in a D and D podcast. It hasn't started yet. Um, Luke is going to know the date that it starts a lot better than me. I actually don't. Okay. So. Well in the near future, uh, I'm going to be in a D and D podcast. Look out for it. Uh, it is called, the podcast is called worlds beyond. It's also going to be youtube um and it the the specific uh campaign we're playing is called the sun always sets in the west and i'm a rootin tootin cowboy so in the game and in the game i know you guys looking are like yeah you're saying the obvious adam Mm -hmm. you are a rootin tootin cowboy right right and the sun does always set in the west but in the podcast both are also true (laughs) (laughs) so that is our episode for A Quiet Place Part 2. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in. We got some great stuff coming for Season 2. Tune it. So uh, tune in. Tune it. Yeah, <laughs> Season 2, July uh, July 16th. I have it written we down do in front of me. have a date for that. The 16th some of really July. really fun movies. We, we teased Jaws. So if you're if you're yep. looking out yeah. for that, you might catch that yeah. one. I've already recorded some other ones. It's been, yeah. it's been a good There's time. some fun ones. It's good times. Anyway, stay safe out there. We'll catch you next time, guys. This has been an Underqualified Idiocracy media production, produced by Lanson Lappin, Adam Bone, and Luke Houter. Theme music for the episode was written by Rachel Robinson. You can hear more of Rachel's music at rachelrobinsonmusic.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Robel Racheson. Artwork for the YouTube version of this podcast was created by Trinity Rodriguez. You can follow her on Twitter by searching at Baby to see more of her work. This podcast was recorded in underqualified studios and edited by Luke Howder, with special thanks to Mike Fuchs for providing audio assistance. The lustrious voice acting providing the intro and outro of this episode is Shane Alvey of the Paradox Files voice acting. You can explore more of his work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at The Paradox Files.